Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, here tonight, happily, with special guest, Anthony Agayagos. Hello, sir. Welcome. And from Anthony's garage tonight? Yeah, this is my, my special, my, my secure place, my safe place. Your safe place right here. It, it, is, it is a lovely safe place. There are there's strange instruments hanging from the ceiling, and uh, we, there's a uh, tauntaun over here. Yeah, this is really the story of all my nerd stuff is out here with us. So you, the, the, this gives like no real view of it, but we're surrounded by, uh, you know, cables for video games, books. Uh, comic books, graphic novels, every lanyard from like every game event I've been to over the years. Just you know, just the sto- it is my story, kind of a little bit in this room. Uh, I uh, I like it out here. I I I, uh, I could use one of these definitely. Uh, do you think I could build one of these outside my apartment? Do you think they'll <laughs> let me keep it? Probably not. Probably not. I think you're right about that. Uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon producers, Xavier Cinnamon Tremblay and Robert Nieder, without whom uh, Pockets Full of Soup would be much, much more difficult to produce. So thank both you guys for that. Yeah. And indeed, thank uh, all our Patreon supporters, as well as those who write in, subscribe, uh, follow us on various and sundry places. But, Anthony, we're going to start tonight with uh, the same question that, uh, that we always start with until I decide to change it. Um, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. His name is Brandon. And I was telling you before we got here, it troubled me that I can no longer remember his last name. I'm sure if I were to ask my friend Paul who met him with me, we would remember. Um, but you don't remember his last name. I don't remember so his last name. This was a long time ago? So this was 2005. That is a long time ago. I had just graduated college. Okay, so 11 and, years ago. And right as I was getting ready to graduate college, I think the movie Motorcycle Diaries had come out. Okay. And if you're not familiar, that's like the story of the young Che Guevara. And his before he became like a you know a crazy socialist. Uh, not the socialist crazy. You know, I'm just saying that like, I mean, like he really got into socialism. Like this was his life before. He was a thoroughly dedicated socialist in the latter part of his life. Yes, and this was this was just his story about like, before he was a socialist, before he was known for all that, he was just a young man mm-hmm. finding his way. Okay. And this this story was about this trip that he took, basically, I think from like the southern tip of Argentina up or something like that, and to him and his friend on one motorcycle. The two of them and riding together. On Yes. And so me and my friend Paul had seen this and uh, decided, you know, hey, when I graduate, let's do it. Okay. Like, let's get a motorcycle and we'll ride on it together. Across the country. Across America. Across America. Your friend Paul had this idea. Now, were you a motorcycle rider at this point? No, I didn't even have a motorcycle license. Did your friend Paul have a motorcycle license? Didn't even have a car license. So he couldn't drive a car. You no. couldn't drive a motorcycle, but you He watched... wanted to just ride on the back, be the guy riding on the back the whole time. And you guys were going to ride across America on yeah. a motorcycle together. Because like, you saw this movie? Because this... we saw this movie inspired us. Had you ever been on a motorcycle before? I don't think so. Had you watched Easy Rider? Yes. Did I you see what Easy happened Rider. to them? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but you still felt confident in, in this. Yeah, well, Easy Rider's 30, 40 years ago by that point, right? So f- almost 50, geez, almost like 50 years. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, we just, uh, you know, we, we decided, yeah, we're going to do it. So I went and got my motorcycle license, took a safety course. We started riding together. I fell really bad once. Oh, right, let's stop right here. You you went and got your motorcycle license. Yeah. Took a safety course. That took how long? A day or two. two Where days. did you get a motorcycle? I acquired it off of Craigslist for five hundred dollars. So you bought a motorcycle just out of pocket. Did you guys like chip in on it together? No, I bought it. Okay. Because it, it was my bike. 
Okay. The thing was, I paid for the bike, and uh, and I mean, really, in the end, I got kind of a bum deal in hindsight. But I paid for the bike, and we split the gas. But the bike was mine in the yeah. end. You know so what you I mean? So you got to keep so the like, bike. I got to keep the bike. Yeah. And you said cross country. What was the plan? You, you the were plan in California at this point. Leave from Davis, California. Okay. And to get to New York City to see my friend who was living there. Oh wow! And hang out with him for a while, and then come back. And whatever else happened in between was unplanned. What time of year was this? This was, we would have left in probably like mid-August, I think. Okay, and, so summer. And, yeah, summer. And we had 21 days okay. to do it. That could be so, done. Yeah. Okay, totally. Right? I mean, people drive across the country in like two or three days if they really just like take 80 the whole way. Because yeah. I-80, which we're close to in the Bay Area, that actually goes all the way across the United was States. Was that your route? Well... It was for part of the way. Okay, so your motorcycle. Do you even remember what kind of motorcycle it was? It was a '83 Honda Goldwing, a huge bike. That's okay. like what old retired people ride. Yeah, I know and the that's bike important. You're talking that's about. important to the story. Okay, so an '83 Goldwing. Yeah, like one of those big giant cruisers, like, which cruiser. was nice because yeah. my friend Paul, who rode in the back, he's like six two, okay, and probably about two fifty, and so him on the back with our with our tent, our bed rolls. You know, if you change the clothes, like we were really. So you were down. camping on the way. You really were like. You were true touring. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have enough money to afford hotels. Okay. So, because I was working at an AMPM gas station. Like, we weren't, he was working at a movie theater. Like, we had barely enough money to make this happen. And how old were you? I was 23. That's quite, and, okay. And uh, the, before we left, we took it to a place that specialized in gold wings, and they told us there was something wrong with the frame, and we didn't understand what that meant, but I dropped like 1500 more dollars into getting it road ready as best they could. So. so you bought a $500 motorcycle on Craigslist that you just then spent three times more getting sort of fixed. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure this will end well. Yes, yes. All right. So you're on this Goldwing and headed across America on a grand adventure. Yeah. Uh, you and your friend, Paul. So far, we've got Brett Brandon in this story. Yeah. So off you go. And what happens? We go the day one we drive to Las Vegas. Okay. Or we go to my parents' house. And then we, my dad does some work on the bike too. Oh, okay. And then the next day we left and we drove from my parents' house in in Central California all the way to Vegas in one now, day. Now your dad's, your dad's where at? Where, where, where you Central stop? California. Central California. Does your dad impart any words of warning regarding- Tries to give me a gun. He tries to give you a gun? Yeah. Both of our parents who lived in that town tried to give us guns. Oh, you and Paul's parents both tried to give you yes. guns? Yes. Just we because no. they were nervous about you crossing the country without a firearm? Yes. Were they not at all concerned about crossing state lines with a- firearm on your motorcycle i mean it would be in in the luggage so i don't think they were they were really concerned because we they knew we were going to be camping out a lot okay so they were worried someone would yeah would bother you in the end the only weapon we ended up taking was a, a still illegal lead filled billy club so we had that it's like a blackjack you brought a blackjack on a motorcycle trip yeah you're a real biker and i'll say i was glad we had it so yeah okay so um, the, that's an the, the story must get really interesting it, well we took we went you know so day two we, we drove to las vegas and at this point we're still really hardcore so we spent some time in the casinos won some money and then we oh what'd, we, you, what'd uh, you play uh just slots he okay. he played blackjack and stuff like that but, but you uh, won some money and then we we decided we didn't want to pay for a hotel even though we we're in vegas so we drove out to the outskirts of town where there was a housing pro- housing project climbed under a fence and slept under the stars on like a slab of cement that was someone's future home 
you know, oh, okay. So when you say a housing project, you're talking about like a a, a future some under housing, construction development. Sorry. Okay, I was imagining you driving into like a subsidized housing project. No, 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 and, no, no. no. Like a housing development that no one lived at, and we just went and put our bedrolls down. Yeah, because the, the first one seems more romantic than the second. Like the yeah. first one's definitely more of a oh wow, this is be-. was it as beautiful as it sounds? I mean, yes, but it was also really scary. There were coyotes out, and I was huh? worried we were gonna get caught. So I slept like shit. Next day we woke up. He wanted to play a, a tournament, a poker tournament. I kept falling asleep in the casino. I was getting kicked out because you can't sleep in a casino. Uh-huh. And so uh, we were covered in dirt because we had slept out in the field. We, I won enough money, though, that the next day we slept in a hotel, a cheap motel. But and, still, a motel. Yeah. And so then after that, we drove into Utah. So this is day three Yeah, like four. Utah, we realized something's wrong with the bike. Two things were wrong with the bike. All right. One, Gold Wings of that era had pneumatic shocks that you could fill with a button press. And lessen with the button press. So you could make the shocks st- more sturdy in case you had a bunch of weight. I had been adding weight. I had been adding pressure to them and continuing to add pressure to them because I felt like Paul and everybody was too heavy on the bike. Okay. Unbeknownst to me, though, the pump had broken so it couldn't remove pressure. Ah. So now the bike is sitting at maximum pressure. And when we got over Utah, we realized that the frame had also snapped. And so now whenever we'd hit a bump, uh, Paul and our gear would actually rub on the back tire. Okay, no, wait. Again. The frame of the bike had snapped. This it, happened it, on the road or had it always been snapped? It probably had, had been partially snapped and it finished snapping. Like, I think that's what the guy at the at the Goldwing place had been trying to warn me about. Okay. And so... But he was speaking motorcycle language. And I didn't understand. Okay. Or maybe I didn't want to understand. All right. So and, in Utah, your bike is breaking and rubbing against the retire. That's a problem. Yeah. And we ran out of gas one night. And, oh, oh and, well, you just kept going despite the fact the bike was rubbing the well, tire? we were in the middle of nowhere, literally okay. middle of nowhere. And so we pulled off, and I was worried about the bike chugging and stuff when we ran out of gas, so I pulled off on a random stop in the middle of the night, and I was like, maybe we'll just see, like, we'll just assess the situation. This random stop in the middle of nowhere, there just happened to be a guy who had stopped, and he gave us a gallon of gas off of his speedboat, so oh. that got us to town. Wait, wait, off of his speedboat? Yeah, he, there was a guy who just happened on the same random exit in the middle of Utah in the mountains, just was like, oh, you need gas? Like, Oh, he's pulling his speedboat. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I was imagining a man in a speedboat chugging up next to you on the road and giving you gas. Now no, I understand. No, no. I feel just, like a fool. He All just right. he just was strapping his boat down, and we approached him in the night, and he was like, it's kind of like nervous, obviously, because two men are approaching him in the middle of the night. Yeah. But then he was like, oh, you just need gas, and he gave us like enough to get to town. Okay, great. So we moved. That's we, good. We came to this town. We assessed our situation, thought we had, we tried to use like uh, like moving tie down straps to lift the rear of the bike up and secure the, secure it to the frame. Yeah, and that worked for all of about probably a couple hundred miles. After that, we met a really nice guy named Glenn in this town of Green River, Utah. Okay. Really pretty. We stayed there for like a day and a half trying to fix the bike. Was Glenn the guy that tried to help you fix the bike? No. No. What made Glenn so, nice? He was just a nice man in this camp who, who sat there and talked to us and learned about us. He was a teacher who had taught at Louisiana State University. And was retired and just took time to talk. He was like the first person on our trip that like heard our story and thought what we were doing was really cool. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah. Yeah. He got it. He got it. Yeah. Like that young wanderlust need for adventure. Okay. Um, So we continued on our way and it was about then that now we were starting to hit bumps. And when we'd hit bumps, I would feel the front forks like it hurt almost Mm -hmm. because that pressure was all the way up. Yeah. And so... So your motorcycle is dying beneath you in the middle of America. Yeah, and so we pulled, we reached this town called uh, Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. It's where Colorado and Utah come together. Is it actually Grand and Grand Junction? 
Well, no, but it is a grand junction of highways. Okay. It's like, I imagine back in the day, it was a huge trading post type oh, thing. Oh, okay. Um, and so we reach this grand junction, and we pull off at a Taco Bell. And uh, and we I make a phone call to, I think that somehow I had the Goldwing place, because this was before like smartphones and stuff. Right. So I made a phone call long distance because I don't believe I had free long distance because it wasn't, again, no cell phones that had free long distance at this time. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's, that may be hard for a lot of our viewers or listeners to yeah. imagine, but once long ago, long distance phone calls were kind of a pain. Yeah, it was probably like a dollar a minute or something yeah. like that. 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I called yeah. I called you know this place and asked him about, like, hey, you know, is there any way we can let pressure off the forks, you know, like, and, and also if I keep driving it this way, will anything happen? <laughs> and and they said they said all right first of all you there's no way if the pump won't work and second if you keep driving it eventually they said the forks will burst their seams the forks will drop and you'll probably wreck you'll lose control of the bike and wreck okay and so there i am sitting in this taco bell being like okay so what tow truck company can i call someone that will junk this thing mm-hmm. and hopefully give us enough money to buy like a bus ticket back to california so so the grand adventure is over that's you, my you've given up you've actually logically sat and went we should stop now yeah i was like okay you know because we'd already had rough days like we'd had rough nights sleeping we had like fought a couple times like me and mm-hmm. paul at this point you know it already been really rough and it had only been like five days yeah and so uh also five days and you haven't gotten much farther than utah yeah 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 uh, because of looking at parts on the bike and right, stuff yeah, like that. Right, yeah, things breaking all the time. No, I'm not blaming you. It just mm-hmm. wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't going so well. So far. yeah, it wasn't going so well. So and so we're in this Taco Bell and you know we're talking about what we should do and we're you know we're like both looking at the bike, kind of seeing like is there some way we can do a pressure release on the valve mm-hmm. because at this point like we've gotten the strap situation enough in a way that like we can keep the tire from rubbing most of the time, so we can live with that if we can just make this fork thing not happen. And this guy walks by looking at us look at this bike and he says to us man you guys are way too young to be riding that type of bike and and i said to him as i remember it was well we're definitely way too young to be working on this type of bike and he slowed down and was like oh what do you mean what are you doing and so i kind of explained to him like yeah you know we're just we're just trying to figure out what we're gonna do with this bike because the forks have this pressure thing and it you know, in my memory, it's kind of muddled now, but I remember him being like, well, he's like, oh, yeah, Goldwings, you know, they have these pressure things. Like, yeah, ours is fully pressurized, and we and the pump, the button to do the pressure is like, and he's like, oh, man, you can't ride that bike. It's, like, way too dangerous. Mm-hmm. He's like, it'll kill you guys. And uh, and he's like, what are you guys doing? And he kind of hears, like, our rough story, like, hey, we're trying to reach New York City. You know, we decided to get this bike. We've literally just done this. And he, I think he had a little bit of understanding. He saw a little bit of himself in us. Sorry if my cat's being distracted. No, no, that's all right. Um, I'm not distracted at all. Um, he, like, but this, this guy has obviously also seen the motorcycle diaries. He, well, I don't know if he's seen the motorcycle diaries, but he's lived it. Okay. So, uh, you know, he sees a bit of himself in us. And he's and he looks at us and he's, and he's kind of su- sussing us up. And he's like, and he says, you know, he has that kind of heavy sigh. And he says like, well, it's too dangerous for you both to ride in this motorcycle. So he's like, what if your friend comes with me in my truck and you follow me and I'll take a look and see if there's something I can do. Huh. Okay. And we were like, we've known you for about five minutes and you want my friend to get in your truck with you. 
Now, when we is, say truck, are we talking like a big old semi? Is this no, no, no. Truck, he or he had like, like a Chevy, big, just like a big, okay, like no, 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 no. okay. a pickup truck. Pickup truck. But either way, I'm like, this is a random man, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of Colorado in a small town that wants my friend to get in his truck with him. At Taco Bell, no less. Yeah, and I was like, and have me follow. But we agreed because we were like, well, it's either this or a bus ticket. So let's see where this goes. So at this point, random man in the truck seemed like a better choice than bus ticket. Yeah. Okay. So I give Paul the blackjack. And, you know, I'm like, just be watch yourself in there. Okay. And then he introduced himself. This is Brandon. Okay. This so is, this is Brandon. All this right. This is Brandon. I was, was kind of, you know, I don't know the, the story well. So I, I'm sitting here like wondering if this Brandon or is this, this is, like the man that a man named Brandon leaps through a window and saves you from no, at the this last is, second. This is, okay. This is Brandon. This is Brandon. All and right. So, Who you're thankful for. So Good. Brandon drives back to his house and I follow him. And it turns out that Brandon owns this uh, gorgeous two-story gigantic like like estate type southern like like almost like a plantation house oh wow type thing like you know like very very beautiful big big outdoor porch with a swinging with a swinging seat and stuff wow it's it's a bed and breakfast so he owns a bed and breakfast and so so brandon owns a bed and breakfast in grand junction colorado yeah okay and so we, we get there and he you know like well, get the bike, bark in, the bike in the barn, and he's like, you know, and so we're starting to take a look, and he's taking a look at the thing, and he drives us over to, he takes us to a machine shop after yeah. he talks to us for a while, and this machine shop, he's like, he goes in there, and he tells him, what I want is this, you know, like, it needs to be, be basically be a bike valve that can fit where the current hose for the pump goes on your forks. Okay. And the guy's like, we can machine that, and we can have it to you tomorrow. Whoa. And so, and so... Basically, what he did is he had a part machine for us so that we could add air and take out air with a handheld. So bike he had pump. a custom part created for your bike. Yeah, he knew a machine machine shop that would do this. for he us. He just did this. Yeah, he took us there. We paid for it, obviously. Yeah, but he but, still. This, this but guy, it was like right. now we could take the pressure with like you know a tire gauge. Instead, yeah. I mean, granted, it wasn't as elegant as a button pump, but the button pump didn't work anymore. Yeah, so, so this, this works. This works. So this meant our trip would be saved. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we go back to the house, and he's and he's like. What else is wrong with your bike? And I was like, oh, well, the frame snapped. And he's like, oh, let's see how bad it is. And so we literally we then proceeded for the, like the, the rest of the day. We took that bike apart piece by piece and laid it out in his barn. And we're talking about like like probably like you know 60 square feet of this just bike laid out in pieces. We took it down to its frame. And this guy him. just knows how to do these things? Yeah, he was like, we'll just lay it out carefully. And we're like, okay, and we're just following his lead. And we took it down to the frame. And then he... Uh, and then I think maybe we didn't finish it the first day, so we stopped. And he's like, all right, I'm going to let you boys stay here. Like, you know, he had kind of felt this out enough to feel comfortable with that and talked with it about with his wife. And so the, then after that, the first night, you know, we called it. And uh, we sat on the porch just bullshitting with him into the night while him and his wife drank wine. And, you know, he asked us, he's like, the broom you guys are going to be staying in, it has one bed pushed together, two beds pushed together with a center thing. And he's like, I can leave it like that if you want okay and then and we're like oh no separate beds is fine he was basically sussing out if me and paul were gay because we're on the same motorcycle okay this was a common theme for us on this motorcycle trip so he wondered if the two of you were a couple yeah because two people on the same bike and he was just trying to find find a way to 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 bring it up and and bring this up okay he was wondering about that. yeah he didn't really seem to give a shit either Mm -hmm. way yeah, um, he was just being polite. Yeah, and so we're like, oh, no, and we're just... Interesting. He was just like, you know, so he sussed that out about us and was totally cool about it. And so we stayed, and then uh, the next day, 
you know, I think by then he had really bonded with us. He made us breakfast. And then he like told us, but I'm not going to feed you the rest of the time you're here. You know, he like, there was always like a little bit of like making sure that, you know, there was like, he didn't want us to like, I don't know. Maybe he was worried about us taking too much advantage or something. Was he or, worried that like he might be asked to adopt you at some point? I don't know. Or yeah. Raise you on his but, raise you in his amazing plantation house bed and breakfast. I know. It's like where he works as a motorcycle repairman and hangs out with machinists. So he, he the next and eats at the Taco Bell. The next day, you know, he uh, he took our bike and then he found the crack in the frame, and he got out his blowtorch and welded it for us. Oh, of fixed, course. And fixed the frame that because was you can also do that. Yeah. Right. And so the, 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 we ended up staying. I think at least that day and then maybe left the next day. We might have stayed two days. I don't remember. I can't I can't remember if we stayed two or three. It nights. was a blur of bliss. Yeah, I mean but because we were staying, we ended up like cleaning a spa for him, mowing the lawn type stuff. Like, oh, so you guys like you you were like lawn boying at that We were okay. earn, we were earning our keep just because we felt like he was giving us a free place to stay, letting us do our laundry. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we would just walk out into town and go find stuff to eat and stuff like that and you know and come just back. Just wander like, into town like like vagrants yeah and we'd go and find food because we didn't expect him to feed us and stuff and then we got to really know him like he showed us pictures from his wedding with him and his wife and he sewed her dress like he made her dress for her because he's also like a really good seams seamster and then after she pricked her finger on a spinning wheel he went and killed the dragon that was guarding the room she was asleep in and then kissed her and raised her up and brought her back he did uh he's also a licensed dive instructor he also took us out to the local airport like a little one, like a little town airport where he showed us the plane he was rebuilding, like a like a biplane that he was currently in the process of rebuilding himself because he was also a pilot. Are you sure it wasn't Neil deGrasse Tyson I know, or something? I know, I okay. know. He was an amazing guy. and uh, Brandon the pilot. Yeah. Like he, he worked part-time for like computer companies on consultancy and he would always fly his own plane there to these jobs. That's, a, you know, he didn't ever drive he, and he didn't charter jets. He just flew his own prop plane to these various Are places. you sure this wasn't just like... A con man that had broken into someone's house with a and and was just laying all this on you there and in reality I know this was like but he took us I went to yeah. I saw his airport where he had this like prop plane he was rebuilding and then the the like normal like Cessna type thing he flew wherever he went you know and he was like you know I, he probably talked about taking us up and stuff like that what an interesting person he was how did and he, he had his own Goldwing by the way too like that's how he knew how to work on ours did he explain the story of how all this had come to be. No, he just told us stories about his life. Like he, you know, I still remember him telling us a story about a woman he met at an air, a hot air balloon event and how he made love to her all summer or something. Like I still have these memories of these stories he would share with us. But you know, he just took us out to prepare us for a trip. Like he took us to like a big. He took us. I'm, to, s- I'm sorry, I'm still lost. At the woman he met at the hot air balloon event. Yeah, that's. I know, it, I know hot. that it stuck in my head too. <laughs> but uh, but you know, he uh, he took us to like a like a big outdoor store and put deer whistles on our car because he's like oh you guys are gonna need deer whistles if you're going over you know oh, for the, the east yeah and i that had never occurred to us and then he also bought us rain suits because we didn't ever think about rain because it was summer as far as we knew so but, he wouldn't feed you but he bought you rain suits no well he took us he took and, us okay. where to get it oh okay so we, we still bought it but he was like right. trying to get it because like in it we did need those rain suits a lot yeah but you know coming from california in the summer it doesn't rain didn't here. think about it right but yeah. when you get back east and stuff it, it can it, it rains. Can rains in the summer like most, thunderstorms most of the world it rains yeah, at some yeah so, point. so yeah. Uh, we were ignorant and uh so he hooked you know he took us to where to get those things he took me out one day just me and him and showed me some lessons about how to ride a goldwing properly and stuff like oh, wow. safety wise um you were only there for a couple of days like two or three days three days i want to say i think it was three days 
and so. this guy, so he just took an interest in you guys, let you stay in his home, yeah, fed you from his table, helped you in all these ways. Did he ever explain to you any any reason for this other than that? I think I think it? he just had been on so many adventures himself. Like he shared with us stories of his own motorcycle trips he had taken. Mm-hmm. Like you know, told us not to drink water because he told us about a time he had been laid up in a hospital on one of his trips because he got in Giardia from drinking out of a river. Wow. Told us about another thing. He he was like, you guys don't have a gun, you're crazy. Like, he was another person like that. He showed us his gun he kept in his truck, which was one of those moments where I was like, I gave Paul blackjack. That dude could have murdered him anytime he had wanted. Like, he keeps a loaded pistol in his car. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Colorado, you know, like, you may hear certain things about, like, its capital and stuff, but it's a very gun-toting sort of place, you know. It's, that, it's, so that's just my understanding. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, c- I come from gun like country. Col- yeah, yeah I, me too. In Colorado, you know, you don't have to wear a helmet. So he never wore a helmet when he wore his motorcycle. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and so this guy, but he never explained to you, like, the, he doesn't I have think, like a Batman origin story. No, I think it's just that he he saw himself in us and that need for adventure and taking hmm. risks like that. Yeah, like he told us that he'd been on his motorcycle trips when he was young. He'd had to use his gun twice. Um, Did he explain context for that? Yes. Or? Once he said, he was being passed by a biker gang and all the bikers were kicking his bike while they were going down the highway, like trying to make him fall. And so he'd pulled out his gun and pointed it at them and they had drove off. Um, well, that's terrifying. And then the other time he said he was sleeping near a reservation in the middle of like the desert and a bunch of uh, like locals, native locals came and and tried to like basically assault him. And so he had to like fire his gun in the air to get him to go away. So, that's had, a very he, strange story. Yeah, he had had like some some hard encounters that had That's, made him wary. I have had firearms pointed at me twice in my life, and both occasions were utterly terrifying. Yeah. I, I have a lot of only uh, once for me. Yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a story you can tell? I got robbed in Oakland, California, by oh. like a sixteen-year-old kid, and I saw the gun he had, and I realized I was like, ah, oh, it's a twenty-two. And they had asked me, well, like... that's still a gun. And they had asked me, give me your phone or your wallet. And I tried to take my ID out, and they got pushy with me. Mm-hmm. And so then, I, then they said, give me my backpack. And this is when I worked at IGN. My backpack had my 3DS, my Vita, my laptop, and my iPad in it. And I was like, oh, there's nothing in my backpack. And they were like, give me your backpack. And then I looked, and I was like, the one kid had the gun in his pocket. And I, and in my mind, I think I was like, you know, I had like assessed it was a twenty two. So I just ran and zigzagged because I was like, pistols are hard to shoot. Pistols are hard to shoot. And a twenty two is hard to be lethal with. I, 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 the first one, yeah. The second I take more issue with. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a low caliber bullet, but it's still a piece of lead flying faster than the speed of sound. Should it pierce your lung, heart, or brain, you will die. Yeah. I just didn't want to give any, up. Or any vital artery. I just didn't want to give those guys my backpack after they took my license. Like if they had let me, if they had let me keep my license, I probably would have given them whatever they wanted. But at that point, I was really mad. Well, so. I'm glad you were not killed. Yeah, uh, I truly am. Yeah, IGN uh, came through too. That was a good IGN time too. Yeah, yeah. How'd they come through? Uh, the next day, I got to work, and there was like four hundred dollars on my desk, oh. and they had given me money so I could go out and buy a new phone and stuff. That's a you great know, everyone story. Everyone came together. That's so. a great story. Wow, um, that's wonderful. Uh, so back to Brandon in uh, in Colorado. So. Uh, so Brandon helped you in all these ways, gave you all this advice, prepared you. What about saying goodbye? We took pictures with them. And again, pre-smartphone era, it was on like a uh, a disposable camera. Yeah, yeah. That's all we had. Right. You know, and since we only had one, we were very judicious with our pictures. 
Um, and, you know, took pictures of him, took pictures of his wife, you know, told him, well, I have to come back and stay with you. And, uh, you know, and that was it. Like, we, we set out. And, but that's not, that was not the last we heard from Brandon. Huh. Because uh, the next day, I realized when we hit Nebraska that we had left my title and registration and proof of insurance at his house. And since this was like, like, I don't even know if I could logged into the internet to print all that stuff off back then. You know, yeah. like, like again, just a different time, even though it's only like 12 years ago or uh, something. The world has changed so much. unfathomable and ways. so And so like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to lose a whole day going back. So we ended up asking Brandon, did I leave that stuff there? And he said, yeah. And I was like, ah. So you called Brandon from Nebraska. Yeah. To be like, like uh, the front, of, the front of Nebraska, okay. you know, like the very tip or something. The front, uh, from the way you were coming. The front. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how in the map which which the, the, the front. east, the western Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, you I know? get the idea. And so we had called him, and then uh, he was like, "Well, my mother-in-law lives in Omaha," and so he's like, "I'm going to overnight your stuff to her house in Omaha, so just drive the next day, and it should be there for you guys." How are you, you get not to dead? Omaha. <laughs> so we did. We drove through the rain. Pouring rain and the high winds of Omaha. Wait, you kept riding the bike in the rain? Oh, yeah. Oh. Like pouring rain. When you ride in pouring rain like that, I just stood the whole time while riding it so that the wind would blow the rain off of my mask. Yeah, in a lot of situations. Some people choose to pull over on their bikes in the Yeah, but we were rain. determined to keep, make progress because we had already lost like three days with Brandon. We wanted to reach uh, New York City. Okay. Or maybe by this time the planet changed. Actually, I think by the time, <laughs> I think by the time we got done with Brandon's, we realized that we weren't going to reach New York City and back. So and, you just decided unless, to settle and, for Des Moines? Or? Unless we took Iowa. Unless we took I-80 the whole time. <laughs> okay. So what we decided to do is our new goal was to reach Nashville, Tennessee. And Why Nashville? Because I had family there okay. that I hadn't seen in probably like uh, 14 years. Okay. And so our goal was to reach Nashville, Tennessee. And then we would turn around and go through the south. Because, you know, I was like, oh, I've been to New York City. Mm-hmm. And I-80 sounds boring. We're just going to. Take this weird how, no. and and we didn't have again. No, loop down from Tennessee, go through Arkansas. Yeah, we went through there, Arkansas. Yeah. We went through like northern Texas and sure. Arizona and mm-hmm. Oklahoma. I know that I know that area a little bit. And uh, and uh, we, you know, the thing was is that like again, pre-smartphone era, the only map we had was like a a what's that? It's like those you see them all the time. The something campgrounds like K campgrounds. Oh, KOA. Yeah, KOA. Yeah, we had a KOA campgrounds state. A national map and that was our only map you didn't bring state maps no so so when we were navigating paul, I, I repeat how are you not dead paul I, would I, just <laughs> paul would just point paul would just tap my back and point and be like that highway towards this state and that's and, how you and know we where would to go just take it yeah imagine like you and paul on this bike this whole time with him behind you it's not like a lot of communication no on. we would ride for like six to eight hours a day and there was no communication like now if we had done it smart we could have had like nowadays you can do like you know wireless headsets so you can talk like walkie-talkie style and stuff. Yeah. We didn't talk at all. Yeah, I was know? wondering, was it kind of boring? Yeah, just rode in like six to eight hours in silence, you know, just with your thoughts. It just, I mean, um, in a way that could be great, but then you've got like, I, I think for you, because at least you're driving, but Paul's just kind of like, well, I'm hanging on to Anthony. Yeah. Well, and that's the nice here. thing about the gold wings. He didn't really ever have to hold on to me. That's true. That's a good point. So yeah. he, he had a big thing he could recline against. Yeah. It's just like, hey, so, that's yeah, true. He gold wings are cool that way. It, it is basically like a, like a, I don't know, like a Cadillac. Uh, I've never, I've never been a motorcycle rider, but the Goldwing would be the way I'd go. I, actually, what I want is one of those big trikes. Yeah, like, 
Um, but, yeah. So yeah, he just, you know, he was just relaxing and, and so, yeah, we would ride for these really long periods of time, but we ended up riding to Omaha, Nebraska. His mom wasn't there, but she left the package with all of her stuff in front of her door. <laughs> so we picked it up and got our stuff. So you stopped at Brandon's mom and picked up your IT in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, you know, from there it was, it was kind of, uh, uh, it still had adventure to it. You know, we went to Nashville, Tennessee, stayed with family. I hadn't seen in a really long time and then continued on down South, had plenty of weird stop-ins. Like we had like one situation where we went to like into a random quickie mart and it was like one of those ones in the middle of like probably Oklahoma and the sheriff was there eating food that was probably cooked there. And he just looked up and said, are we going to have a problem with you boys? And I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't look any more intimidating than I probably do right here. We weren't in leathers or anything like that. We were in like, kind of like, like very like modern looking like motorcycle cloth jackets. Like I, they I did ask you at the beginning of the show, if you'd ever watched easy rider before yeah. you went on this trip, No, we weren't in leathers. We were in, yeah. we were in jeans and like, a like bright colored jackets and stuff yeah. like that. Like, you know, I don't know. We I don't feel like we looked like gruff and tough, you know. And apparently, the the sheriff in in Oklahoma disagreed. Yeah, well, we probably looked a little haggard because by then we had been sleeping under the stars a lot. Mm-hmm. We hadn't brought sleeping bags. We had brought bed rolls because we thought that'd be really cool. It was really dumb because we froze most of the time. Maybe you saw your uh, maybe you saw your blackjack. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully not because we buried that real deep in <laughs> in our stuff. But you know, we we had all kinds of ventures. We stayed in interesting towns, camped out. Slept through th- crazy thunderstorms. Could see like you know like tornado type things developing in the distance, you know. And so was this the end of your relationship with Brandon, or so we eventually we made it back to California. Yeah, and I got back and went and picked up my diploma because I mean we had really like just graduated and then left. Right. And I was at UC Davis picking up my diploma, and uh. And I called him for whatever reason, I think just to tell him thanks for everything. And I was talking to him and he's like, oh, you know, you boys were great. I'm really glad I could help you guys. And he's like, yeah, I'm just stuck in Omaha right now, I think is what he said. The weather's really shitty. And I'm just waiting for them to give me clearance to take off. And uh, and we were like, I was like, okay. Uh, well, thanks again for everything. You know, hopefully we'll be able to come up and see you, uh, in the near future. And, and that was it. And then I called and then we didn't talk. And then like two weeks later, I got an email from his wife that said he had taken off from Omaha or wherever and had died in his plane. What? He had wrecked in his plane. So like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure like I may have been like the last person he talked to. I don't know. Or maybe like one of the last You mean you called him from Davis and he, he died? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, he died in an airplane crash, like, because he took off in bad weather. So, uh, and so. I, I don't even know the words for that. So, yeah, he crashed, died in his airplane. His wife was like, I think she was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep the bed and breakfast, but if I do or something, you guys are always welcome to come stay. And so, yeah, that was, I mean, that phone call was like the last I had ever heard from him so you called him to thank him he thanked him he said the weather was bad and he was gonna try to take off soon and that was that yeah and uh i don't know the words for that yeah i mean it's a pretty cool story and then and then there's that right and uh it's funny because you know when i we were in tennessee and i was staying with my really catholic uh aunt 
she kept saying, you know, oh my God, this guy's your guardian angel. This guy's your guardian angel. And I feel like she would feel that way even more. Just the fact that he's like here and then dead, like almost immediately, like once we were safe, he's like. Do you remember much about the last conversation beyond that? No, I feel like it was one of those ones where it was like, you know, it was maybe slightly awkward because here's this man I'd only known for three days, but you know, like had changed our life and made sure that we got it. You know, I think I just wanted to know that the trip had been completed thanks to him. And, uh, you know, and I didn't talk to him, you know, I was like, Oh cool. You're going to go home and see your wife. All right. So when his wife emailed and said he died, it was just like, we didn't really know how to handle it. Cause I don't know. I mean, we had said we would like to go see him again. Who knows if we would have ever have actually yeah, done it. But of course it sounded, it's yeah. But I think it was one of those things where like, well, maybe someday we will, but we have plenty of time. Right. So it's like, and, and then you didn't, and then we didn't. And so, you know, Paul, I'm still very close with, he lives local and, uh, We've we haven't taken a motorcycle trip since, mm-hmm. but we talk about still taking a motorcycle trip because of the fact that Brandon said, you know, he was telling us about all his motorcycle trips, and he's driven his motorcycle to every state in America, but he's never driven it up to Alaska, and that was the one trip that he was like, "That's my one trip. I still need to get done," and so, you know, it's been eleven years now. But me and Paul still have been talking about doing that trip up to Alaska and do you, back. Do you think you'll take it for it? I really hope we can. I mean, both Paul and I, too, are in a position now where it's like, I certainly wouldn't do it on a $500 Goldwing this time. You know, I'd probably rent some foo-foo bike that's really nice and do it, make sure that we did it in a pretty safe way and try and go in a time of year where we're not going to freeze to death. Mm-hmm. But... You know, we had talked about, I think we'd even joked with Brandon about doing it with him or something like that, you know? And so now I feel like it's like one of those things that I don't necessarily, like, I feel a little bit, maybe a little bit of the pressure to do it when I like talk about it. But then, you know, it's one of those things that's so easy to forget about. It's sort of like, it's like it, yeah, it's, this, this is a strange story. It, it's, it's like you're, I don't, I don't have words for this. I, I don't know how to, to, to encapsulate that. Yeah, I mean that's why it's such a interesting thing, and I, you know, it's, you know, it's one. I don't know. Maybe Brandon, if I had gotten to know him way better, he would have really disappointed me. <laughs> like I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like maybe I would have found out there was something about him. Like he was like really fucking anti-Semitic, or who knows about this guy? Like I really didn't know him that well. I got right. to know him for four days, you know. And it's like, but what you knew about him was enough to make you really thankful for. But him. but what I knew about him, yeah. I mean he he, the rest of that trip that made me and my friend Paul very close the rest of that trip that I still have, you know, little snippets of memories from that all was going to end there with a bus ticket. Had it not been, I mean, maybe it's a logical fallacy to say that maybe something else would happen. But to me, I was ready to call it and thankfully call. I was like, I was like relieved to call it at that point hmm. until he walked by and just happened to make some quip at us, you know? Like he, if he had just walked by and said nothing, he would have just been another person in the parking yeah, lot. And you'd have never touched that. But because he had stopped and said something, you know, he was there and we got to know him. I won't forget that story. Anthony, thank you for telling it. Thank yeah. you so much for telling no us about Brandon. I, I'm really, really glad you were here. We're going to do our uh, our switch gears now. This is the second part of the show that uh, we call Instant Noodles. Okay. Um, and this is where we just throw a few lighter questions okay. uh, at you. So... If you could pick one person 
uh, one voice to narrate your life from here on out? One person living or dead, who would narrate your life? Uh, he's a voice actor named Mark Thompson. And who who does Mark Thompson uh, do? What voices might we recognize him from? Oh, well, he's a... He basically narrates every single Star Wars audiobook out there. Okay. So Mark so, Thompson's a Star Wars audiobook guy. Yeah, I mean, right. he's, he's amazing. And he would narrate your life. Yeah. Anthony walked to the counter. He's got a great chips. voice. Okay. And he can do such great voices. My favorite question, this came from uh, came from uh, one of the members of our Facebook group, and it's I think we're going to use this one forever. What is best sandwich? Best sandwich. Yep. What is best sandwich? That was originally said, and it's still my favorite. Yeah, best sandwich is uh, ooh, best sandwich is probably ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Yeah. All right. Uh, cold or hot? Cold. Cold ham and cheese. Just cold ham and cheese with some mustard, nothing else. Mm -hmm. White maybe, bread. Maybe a piece of lettuce. Yeah, white bread's fine. White bread. Okay. Maybe yeah. some lettuce. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. Mustard. Just straight yellow mustard. Yeah, like me and my dad when we'd go fishing and stuff. We were typically like a bologna and American cheese with mustard. That was it type mm -hmm. sandwiches, you know. So yeah, but ham's the superior, like better than bologna. Yeah, I like ham a lot. Okay, you know, it's amazing the answers you get to this. They're always different. It's it's great. Yeah. What's the best song written in the last one hundred years? <sighs> Maybe yesterday by Paul McCartney. Ooh, that's a good. I'm one. a huge Paul McCartney fan. I uh, me too. So yeah, um, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I think that that's truly a, an amazing song. I feel like it. You can make you think of love. It can make you think of losing someone. It can make you think about being a child. It's just, it's, there's a reason it's one of the most covered songs. It's like such a short song too. It's like barely two minutes, you know, yeah, it's like, it's superb. It's, it's amazing. One of my favorite podcasts, the podcast I love to listen to is Good Job Brain. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a, a trivia podcast. And uh, on there recently, I learned that apparently the working lyrics for, Yesterday, when McCartney was trying to work out the uh, the melody, mm -hmm. was scrambled eggs. Um, that was the scrambled eggs. That's what he was singing until he could figure out what the song was going to be about, and he was just working out the melody. That's awesome. That was, yeah, I had no idea. Uh, they uh, they taught me that. Uh, what's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Annoying. Annoying. Okay. And Which, I. Oh, I was just going to say. No, it's it, fine. It's it's. I don't necessarily hear my own voice and feel annoyed by it, but I feel like it was very common for me growing up that I would get all kinds of people that would come up to me, especially girls when I was younger, who'd go, hey boy, talk. And I'd talk and they'd laugh. So I feel like I have a pretty distinct tone of voice. And you feel like it's an irritating or annoying voice? Uh, yeah, or at least that's how I felt about it when I was younger. Huh. So, uh, What's uh, your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, it's I specifically like rainbow sherbet from uh thrifty ice cream Where's like thrifty ice cream what's thrifty ice cream? thrifty is a is a series of like five and dime type stores you know like like uh like drug stores mm -hmm. drug stores that we used to have all over especially in california ah. they all got bought out and eventually became rite aids and stuff like that but thrifty these drug stores the nice thing about them was they always had their own ice cream counter Ooh. it was like a holdover for a long time and they would they always served their ice cream cones and it would always come in like a weird looking cone, a weird looking shape of the scoop that was like almost like cylinder. And yeah, they were just so good. And you can still occasionally find places that will sell their ice cream, but there's no more thrifties. Oh, so you can still find the ice cream. Yeah. Like this isn't yeah. like a completely lost ice cream. No, it's, it's basically lost, but very few places will still carry thrifty, but there are no thrifties anymore. Uh, so. Do you know where you can buy thrifty? You used to be able to buy a place here in Alameda and they stopped carrying it. Uh, you should, you should clamor. 
Uh, if you could travel through time and meet uh, any anybody, who would you visit? Jesus. Jesus. Why I know Jesus? that that's such an easy answer for a lot of people because I would want to. I would want to ask him, like, don't give me some fucking parable, and don't bullshit, <laughs> and don't, and don't bullshit me with like by trying to give me some fucking clever wordplay. Tell me, are you God? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I one of the things that I've struggled with the most in in any sort of like faith journey that I've had is the divinity of Christ, right? And I've read plenty of books that are just like totally this is why it's true. And I've read plenty of books that's like this is why it's totally misunderstood, and not true. And it'd just be nice to talk to him as a as a person mm-hmm. and just be like, what is your intent right now? Like as as mm-hmm. you are here, right? Like. You know, I feel like a lot of people asked him that, and he would always, you know, at least in the quoted versions we have, would answer in such cryptic ways. And I would just want to sit down with them over a glass of really watered-down wine that they would drink and be like, what is the freaking deal, man? <laughs> Talk to me. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who are you? What was your sacrifice? Yeah. Jesus Christ, superstar, do you think you're who they say you are? Exactly, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess I would have to travel back in time with an interpreter because I also don't speak Aramaic. Yeah, that could be a problem. So. Uh, but still, it's uh, okay. That's a good. That's a good answer. I like that one. Yeah, there's this. Uh, I think it's in. Uh, I think it's in Luke when he when he meets the guys on the road to Emmaus, and there's just one line of prose that says, "And then, beginning with the prophets, he explained to them everything that was written about him and all of it that it mattered." Something to that effect. And right. He's like, and it's just like, why did you summarize that? Yes, what, exactly. Like, please like, just. You know, like, I feel like That's a lot great. of people That's are like, answer. you know, they want to have their, they want to, like, I want to go to heaven so I can have my doubts relieved. I don't need to go to that. I just want to meet this person and find and, out and be yeah. like, what was your deal as a person? Yeah, That's cool. So. Um, what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? It's probably this, uh, well, it's one of two things. I want to go to this type of hornet that uh that stuns tarantulas and then lays its eggs in them oh yeah sure and that, thing. that lets them eat the tarantula alive the babies yeah that thing that thing's always uh sat very you know deeply with me that's terrifying yeah, yeah. insects a lot of insects. like i'm not necessarily really scared of bugs but that those have always bugged me because i'm just like you know bugs are so unfeeling there's nothing there's no malice in what they do there's nothing it's just excess spiders spiders look at you like they would eat you if they were big enough spiders hate you I feel like all insects would eat me if they were big enough. Thankfully, yeah, they can't be. But I feel like spiders take it personally. I'm not that scared of spiders. I actually am thankful for spiders because they take care of things like wasps. That's true. So, there, there is that. Uh, wasp. I got stung by a wasp a couple of weeks ago. It was annoying. I was like, oh, that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's but I think, that, I think stuff it. like that, you know, those type of things, parasites, those are the things that scare me the most. Okay. That's, the that's absolutely world. terrifying. Uh, what's your favorite word? Um... My favorite word. Yeah. Okay. It's a hard one. Do you have a favorite word? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I have a favorite word. What is your favorite word? Juxtapose. Juxtapose. That's a good one. That's my favorite word. Um I don't know. I guess uh I like Man, you know what word's sticking in my head right now is like hermunetic. Whoa. So That's a great word. I don't even know what it means. But you like how it sounds? I do. Okay. Yeah. Hermunetic. Yeah. I can't think of I can't think of a really a, a strong favorite word. I just know words that I hate. So oh, what's a word you hate? I hate I hate words like crisp, where people anything where people have to make a pss sound when they talk. It's like crisps. You have to go. Pss sounds. Oh, there. You don't like that? No. Don't approve. 
it's terrible. My least favorite word is basically. Uh, because it is is constantly present and utterly without meaning. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to say. And yeah. you're just like, How is that different than just saying what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, and I understand. Like, and I don't mind adding words for... for I, I love cadence. I love when words just are there for sound. But basically, it's not there for cadence either. It's there because we've gotten used to saying it. Yeah. And it, it bothers me. I, now I'm grumbling. Actually, you know a word that I think I might like is casualty. I like that one, too. Ooh, that's a good word. Because it's a word that I misunderstood for so long. I thought casualty meant death. And so oh. when I would read war statistics, I thought it was... Not to say that casualties aren't bad, but I thought when I'd read, like, two million people, two million casualties, I'd be like, Jesus, two million dead. Well, it was more maybe like, you know, 800,000 dead, 1.2 million wounded. Still really terrible. But Still, but, but yeah, in that scenario, 60% less terrible yeah, than, yeah, than, yeah. than other. So, okay. Who was your first kiss? So a girl named Elise Garamendi. Okay. And I was in eighth grade. Yeah? Yeah. Where'd you guys kiss? At a friend's house, at I a think. friend's house? Yeah. How was it? It was... Uh, I mean, I think everyone's first kiss is awesome, right? No. Oh. No. I thought it was fun. I'm glad yours was. So lots of people are, but not everybody's. Yeah, definitely. it was fun. And But I I ended up talking with my friend Joseph, and I realized the only reason I was dating her is because I liked to kiss her. Oh, okay. And so I ended up breaking up with her. Because you liked kissing her? And no, as an eighth grader, I had had a talk with my friend about this and about the moral problems of datings of being with someone just because you wanted to kiss them, not because you really liked them. And so I ended up breaking up with her even as an eighth grader. Cause I was like, I don't really like this person. I'm just with her. Cause I like to kiss her. Eighth grader graders often run deeper than we give them credit for. So yeah, I, I had that talk with my friend and I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I, I this is not fair to her. Like, okay. So I like that. Thank you for sharing that story. Cake <laughs> or pie? Oh, pie. Always pie. pie. Ah! Got one in the pie column. All right. Always pie. Cake, All right. cake is fine. Uh-huh. Cake is a delicious thing when it's around. But I feel like, when was the last time you went to some place and you were like, oh, man, someone made this pie, this cake with soul? You know what I mean? Like, if someone's mom comes out of the kitchen, she's like, hey, I made cake. You're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But when someone's like, hey, I made pie, you're like, oh, man, you put, you put some, you literally took a piece of yourself out and put some love. Put it in the pie. And put some of that pie. Nah, like, I pie, know. I feel like, just has love to it. It's just something deeper to pie than there is anything to cake. I'm with you. So. I'm with you on that one. But I'm with you on that argument. What's uh, one question you want to ask me? <sighs> question you'd like to ask Why me. Why did we become friends? You and I? You know, I, 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 uh, if I try to do an origin story of this, I don't know. I've been trying to remember how this started. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah. Um, can you? I I I I know I feel why like I'm I your heard, friend. I feel like I heard people talk about you. Uh huh. And I feel like honestly, it was partially because I wanted to have to talk to some other people that I felt like I could talk to about God too. You know that might that might be where it began for me. I was in comedy, but in the first time I was on, you were gone, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Anthony. They said, "Oh, I wish Anthony were here," because we were talking about. Uh, some spiritual questions and background in those studies. And they're like, yeah, I really wish Anthony were here. And that intrigued me as well. Uh, yeah. So that might have been there. But then I think you made the first overture. I think you were like, hey, let's hang out. Yeah, and, I did. And then I just liked it. And so we keep doing it. Yeah. I think that's mostly what it is because you're really. Yeah, it just human. turned into it just turned into date nights, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we're doing this together. But actually, this is the first like 
non-just hangout thing we've planned together deliberately, right? It's true. Usually just like, hey, let's go eat. We usually eat. Yeah, that's all. We, yeah, we're very easy as far as our dates go. It's like, yeah. let's go eat. And yeah, talk. let's go eat something and talk. And but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. Uh, so I guess that's the answer. So yeah, I think you made the the. Uh, we met through comedy button, but I think you made the. Hey, let's just hang out. Yeah, I haven't fun. done like a raw, like a man date thing like that in so long. We could like, ride a bike together. Like, well, I just mean like uh, in the sense of like an overture to someone like so strongly mm-hmm. of like we should be friends. Mm-hmm. Like most of my friendships have always developed organically. Like we got lunch together because we worked together and then yeah. it turned into something. I feel like the last time I did that was like in college. Well, I like that we don't work together because most That's of my true. friends here in San Francisco I work with and they're great friends, but it's nice to meet people. Yeah, you're actually one of, of the only friends I have that I don't work with. Yeah. Or that I haven't known for out like here it's the same. 15 years. Right, yeah, that's the other thing. All of my other friends are out east and they're all people I've known most of my life. So. Yeah. Uh, with a very few exceptions. There are a couple other, I made a, a couple of friends in the area, but it, it's, it's hard. I mean, really, it, like, that was the nice thing about working at a place like IGN is the social circuit you make and yeah. there's no place quite like it, but at the same time, it's it's nice. As you get older, man, that's why I still am friends with Paul from the motorcycle trip and stuff like that because, mm-hmm. you know, the friends you make early on, at least for me, I've held on to them as tight as I could because it's hard to make quality friends. It is, but I'm glad we're friends now. I am too. Thank you for thank you for making that happen. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. Speaking of friends, friends, thank you so much for being friends of the show. Uh, you've helped us in so many ways. You've supported us on uh, YouTube by subscribing. Uh, you've listened to us on iTunes. And I hope that if you're doing that, you leave a review, uh, uh, a rating, uh, five stars, and a, and a rating really helps us there more than more than I can express, possibly. Um, you can always support us on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash Jared Petty. Uh, we'll hope that you'll do that there, help keep the, uh, the show on the air and uh, keep us going. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for the letters that you send in, the thanks that you send. Um, uh, we're going, uh, we're, uh, the lights are fading out here, so I think tonight we're going to go without reading any letters. Um, but if you want to send a letter in, we love reading them. You can send those letters to mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. That's mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. Once again, our Patreon producers, Robert Nieder and Xavier Cinnamon Tremblay, thank you guys both so much for making this happen. Thank you, Anthony, for coming on. I'm glad we could do it. I'm glad we could do it, too. And uh, to all you guys, uh, I say to you, guys and gals, good night, and uh, see you next time.